Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And today I'm very pleased to welcome Alex Cheeseman, who's Chief Strategy Officer with Storyful. Welcome. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And um, we we did speak, um, I guess, some months back when you were in a role of uh, Global Head of Strategy at NewsCred. And, you know, in my mind, obviously, NewsCred and Storyful, different parts of the ecosystem, but both involved in a way with making sure good content is available to the people that need it. So maybe tell us a little bit about your journey from NewsCred to Storyful. Absolutely. Um, NewsCred is an incredible company. Um, it was a very difficult decision to to move across. Um, I, I think the, the opportunity that was presented as part of Storyful, um, there's essentially two parts. There's where we are today and then there's the future and the evolution of that future and what that could potentially mean. If you speak to any brand right now, the two biggest challenges that they tend to face are, are I, I need to better understand my customers and I need a, a tool to effectively communicate with them at scale. Right? And so that's the insight and that's the video that we're able to su- supply. I mean, we have the world's biggest library of uh, user-generated content called the social web. Yep. Um, so taking that business and helping to put a strategic layer across that, so rather than simply providing a client with a clip or a series of clips, thinking a little bit more about what are the business challenges that you're trying to solve, mm-hmm. um, who are the people that, um, that could help solve those challenges, uh, what are they saying, what are they doing, um, what are the things that you could say to them to build relationships, uh, and ultimately helping brands to tell data-driven stories uh, using video as one part yeah. of the mix, um, but equally providing that framework to allow them to work more effectively with you know multiple stakeholders, multiple teams, and, and be more successful. So that that's kind of where we are, and, and the evolution of, of where we could go is you know, we're, we're, we're very much an inside business. Um, if you think about some of the areas that are important for brands around brand safety, yeah. uh, around brand building, um, we're able to, to address both of those in varying degrees. You know, the, the whole kind of brand experience piece um, of you know, using content to build relationships that ultimately drives kind of positive brand equity. And we definitely have a very big stake in the ground there. And then when you think about the brand protection piece, like risk and reputation, you think about the impact of the social web um, and the you know, proliferation or the actual the, the ease at which um, crises can be spread. Yeah. You know, our partnership with Weber, I think, is testament to the um, appetite for helping to manage, mitigate risk. So, you know, very exciting journey that um, I'm, I'm attracted me to the job. Yeah, very interesting. I certainly want to come back to brand experience, m- maybe first brand safety. And I, I know we wrote about the, the Weber Shandwick partnership, and I'll, I'll provide some links when the, the podcast is published. Um, I was going to throw something at you completely out of left field. Um, the listeners have got two British accents here, so I wanted to mention a British media personality who years ago, when the internet was just starting to become part of people's everyday lives, it's a woman called Janet Street Porter. And she actually said, people tell me there's all this information on the internet, but I say it's not information unless it's edited. And scroll forwards all these years, and there is, as everybody knows, a a sea of unreliable information out there. Um, 
there's uh, videos with offensive content, there's blogs with offensive content, there's lots of inaccurate news. Mm. And that's something which Storyful, coming as I understand it, from a, from a real newsroom background, originally set out to, to confront. Is that situation getting better or is it getting worse? Uh, our situation of verifying and validating news or the mm-hmm. situation around um, fake news uh, increasingly coming up as a, you know, something that people are <coughs> affected by. Yeah, the, the, the environment <coughs> of fake news out there, which makes it a minefield for brands on social. Yeah, 100%. I mean, listen, it's um, we live in a world where anyone can be a publisher, as, as we know, so it's incredibly easy for people to publish what looks like fake news. And often, you know, because fake news is um, something that has got a very clickbaity aspect to it, yeah. it often fully populates people's social feeds. So I think that there's definitely a massive concern where brands come in around, A, being affected by fake news. So, you know, clients that have, you know, had instances whereby you know, people have posted fake videos around kind of putting poison or putting you know, having rats in food, that kind of stuff. And if you think about the impact that they can have if it, if it starts to escalate, yes. you know, it, it, it kills shareholder value. Uh, and we all know that shareholder value is a multiple of, of, of revenue. So this is really important. Yes. Um, and then you think about the brand safety and the environments. You know, there's, uh, you... Know, you People address association, right? And so the last thing that you want is your brand next to something that has a negative um, value behind it. Uh, and so increasingly, people are coming to us to ask us to help help them. And that was the evolution, I think, of the the Moat and the um, Cooney partnership, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know the first step of that is to help brands to identify what is fake news and actually to help them not appear against that. So that that's the kind of that I'd say that's the, the the first step, and then over time, how do we make that a kind of programmatic place so that it becomes really easy to isolate fake news and ensure brand safety? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned programmatic because I was seeing data this week. I actually got emails from a number of sources. I think um, I'm right in saying it comes from the Media Radar Consumer Advertising Report that. Between first quarter 2016, first quarter 2017, it's a 12% drop in the programmatic market. And some people are saying this is about brand safety. Are people really fleeing programmatic at that rate? Um, listen, the, you you can argue with the data depending on the variance and the amount of people. And we can talk a little bit more about that because it kind of links back to your um, question earlier about... Um, fake news actually and interpretation of like the mess that is the social web and display ad units on pages are still driving increasing amounts of revenue right um the distribution of those whether it's programmatically or whether it's by an exchange it's at the discretion of the the client themselves we definitely see a shift of people wanting to be part of you know uh, networks that have complete transparency and so that's where the shift is going across. But, you know, we still know that, you know, exposure, it's, it's all about um, you know, repetition and it's about, you know, subconsciously seeing brands that it builds that brand value in somebody's head, that intangible right. love for something. Right, so just to, just to be clear for the listeners, when you're talking about networks with transparency, that's you know where your ad is going to show up, when it's going to show up, as opposed to a completely opaque programmatic process where you... You throw the ads out there, and goodness knows where they're going to stick. Hundred percent. It's it's a, it's about you know being less black box, mm-hmm. and you know working on things like Pangea, which has got a very clear 
publisher network um, or working with something like News IQ, which is the News Core version, which literally just allows you your advertising to appear on News Core properties. Okay. Let's switch gear and talk a bit more about brand experience because, um, you know, from a quick chat we had before we started, I know Storyful is getting very interested in this area and providing the brand experience to, well, I'll let you tell the story, but, but to, to consumers out there. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we wrap brand experience in terms of the touch points that somebody would have that are related to a specific brand. Um, and, and I think what's historically happened with marketing in general is that due to the rapid uh, development of new channels, a lot of businesses tend to be relatively fragmented. Um, and what that means is that people are pushing different types of content out that represents what they believe is the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is that often a consumer can be touched by 12, 15, 20 different interpretations of that brand in you know, any given period. And what that does is it drives confusion versus clarity and certainty. <clears throat> and so when we talk about experience, it's about what are the things that you need to do uh, to help you to create a better experience for your customers. You know, that's definitely around providing the right stri- strategy and insight at the very beginning. And it's also about figuring out how to get all of the groups talking together so that there's some consistency across that. You know, user-generated content and video will mm-hmm. play a part. It's obviously not the only part. You know, having you know, great written content, having great uh, produced content, like, this is all part of the mix. But you know, getting that kind of front to end piece lined up so the experience is solid is, is an area that we're really committed to. That's interesting. And that suggests to me that that what you're aiming to do is to work alongside brands, probably for a protracted amount of time, to understand what their brand image is, what they're seeking to achieve and you know, trying to guide them in the right direction. Hundred um, percent. We, we, as I said at the, at the beginning, we're moving away from what was historically a very tactical business that yeah. was, you know, here's some content, good luck. To, you know, it takes time to build brand experiences. Um, it requires multiple touch points. How do we create narratives and storylines that run over extended periods of time? Um, how do we begin to test different hypotheses to ensure that what we're putting in front of the users is the optimal story? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the framework to support that uh, and becoming more of a strategic partner um, because you know brands are looking for support um, particularly when it comes to the content marketing areas which is more about the always on touch points with consumers less about advertising yeah and uh, in terms of content does that mean a broader involvement involvement for storyful because I understand that the focus has been video user generated content but presumably you're going to have to take um, a very broad look at the kinds of content the brand has available. So uh, how do you spread, spread yourselves over that? Um, I, I think there's, there's two approaches. Number one is that we um, are obviously expert in, experts in certain areas. So when it comes to consumer insight, when it comes to sourcing through the social web and finding those one or two bits of diamonds that, that actually mean something, that we're exceptionally good at that. And as a business, we don't want to die, uh, divulge from that because that's the core of what we do and it's ultimately what differentiates ourselves from everybody else. Um, as I said before, that the UGC piece is just one aspect. Right. Um, we can I- include recommendations of best in class, but equally, if you think about the News core family, so within that family, we have the New York Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, we have the Times, the Sun, uh, the, the, the Sun, 
all of these incredible content machines, we're also able to leverage that to provide our clients where appropriate with scalable content solutions, whether that's written, whether that's produced, whether that's you, whatever that may be. Okay, so you tap into, I should have said at the beginning, it's uh, Storyful as a news core company. You can tap into that as a resource. 100%, the, the might of the news core. <laughs> There's a lot of it out there. Um, and just out, out of interest, one of the things which I know Storyful was doing in its early days, and I was curious as to whether it's still happening, is actually on the journalism side, working to verify and validate content for journalists rather than for brands. Is that still part of the Storyful project? 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the, the heart of what we do is around um, breaking news stories before anybody else. Uh, in order, and then supplying those to most of the world's leading publishers, so that they can you know, leverage the assets and leverage the stories that we've we've managed to find. Um, there's two aspects to, to to what we do: that there's speed, and then there's also validation and verification. Um, so, and both of these are incredibly important. The verification and validation pro process has just continued to grow, right? Both through technology, both through expertise. Um, particularly with the proliferation of fake news, um, because if you're working with the world's leading, public, leading publishers, if they publish something to their front page online, they don't want that to be fake. Correct. You know, so we we obviously we balance the two. So you know, sometimes we'll spend long longer verifying, validating something, but we do it for the right reasons, uh, and that is something that's once again it's our heartland and will never change. Fascinating, and must have a sense of really being at the cutting edge of a lot of things which are happening both in news and in marketing. 100%. It's a, it's a very exciting time, both for the industry but also for us. Okay, Alex, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. I wish we had all day. <laughs> Likewise, Kim. It's been great talking to you. I'm sure that we'll speak again, hopefully in the same guise. Absolutely. And um, everyone look out for the next one-on-one podcast.